The Rabbi Lorch is learning with you the Rambam. He's learning with you the Rambam, so you're going to learn Elchai's Tshuva. You're going to learn about the laws of repentance. So the Rambam writes that how do you know if a person does Tshuva? How do you know if a person does Tshuva? So the Rambam writes if the person's in the same situation uh, that he was, and the same, uh, the grammar is actually talking about uh, with the woman. He says the same situation, the same uh, infatuation, all of the same passion. Everything's there to do the sin, and you reduce the and you um, and you hold back from doing the sin. Uh, so last week, uh, I uh, took from Rabbi Lorch's time in the class uh, as I went about twenty minutes, fifteen minutes overtime. Uh, so now we're, we're tested with the same thing. Right, so there I have to pass the test. So uh, it's going to be the time again already to uh, learn to, uh, to Davin Meyer. So I don't want to violate the uh, sin again. Uh, so we, we will have to uh, speak a little bit later. But again, this is really what a person should strive. What, you never want to put yourself in the test. Right, a Jew never wants to put himself in a test. We say that in Davening, don't put yourself into a test so that you can then resist the sin. We say, if you could go... I can't. I don't have time. Okay. My permission is that. I told you the Rambam, I have to do tshuva. Tshuva is to... Okay, so I tell you the story. We said this morning that how do you talk to somebody... When you teach Torah, it has to be tasim lifnehem. You don't slam it to them. You don't just teach it and it's their problem. No, tasim lifnehem. It has to be like a shulchan aruch, like a table. When you set a table with its beauty, especially when you're cooking the meal, you want it to be appealing. You want it to be tasteful because that with the meal comes the appetite. You bring on the appetite. It's inviting. That's how, says God to Moshe, that's how I want you to teach Torah. Listen to this story. They did a poll, they did a study in 2005, and I doubt it's changed much. Of, uh, they did a poll of people that had li- did their, served their time in jail, and they were freed from jail. 68% of those that were left jail right, were back in jail within two years. They were back behind bars within two years. 77% were back within three years. One rabbi, he volunteered and he went to one of the prisons. And he was speaking to the inmates and he tells them, he asks them, do you like to live on an uncomfortable bed? Do you like to be in a prison cell? Do you like being served this kind of food? He says, do you like people to tell you when to get up and when to go to bed? When you could go to the restrooms? When you could go outside and get a breath of fresh air and get some light? He says, you know, is it because you don't think you're good enough to be able to succeed out there in the world? I'm here to tell you that the behavior that you're exhibiting, it's beneath all of you, the rabbi tells them. You're better than this. You're brighter than this. As the rabbi said this, it seems it struck a chord with some of the people there. Right, there was perhaps a tear in their eye. 
They were thinking, you know, maybe it is possible for me. Maybe I could lead a better life. But one boy pop, one person pops up. His name is Josh. And he's shaking his head the whole time. Right? And when the rabbi finishes, Josh tells him, Rabbi, what you're telling us is a load of baloney. He says, what do you want from my life? You don't know what you're talking about. You don't know anything about me. You think I'm a good person? Do you know what I've done? Do you know where I've been? The rabbi looked at Josh and says, I think you're mistaken. But it sounds to me that this is really a conversation that belongs in private. Josh reluctantly agreed. And the rabbi got permission and they met in a, in a separate room. Josh started telling him that when he was 10 years old, his father checked out of his life. And his mother could not have cared less about him or the other kids. They didn't have really too much food and often their mother was not even home. Eventually, the neighbors called social services. My sister and I were sent to foster care. There are only two words there, foster care. And one of them is a lie. The first house I went to, they had seven children and fostering another five. The only reason why they had us was because they wanted to be given the foster check. My foster parents barely fed us and we'd often be sent to school hungry. I didn't dare ask for any more extra food because I'd get punished. One day at the age of 12, I went to school and I saw a sandwich in another boy's briefcase. I didn't think twice and I grabbed it. I ate it as quick as I could. I became a thief at the age of 12. Even though kids made made fun of me and even though I got into trouble, my hunger was stronger than my pride. What started off as sandwiches got worse until one day the principal called my parents in because I stole something of real value. I got it from my parents that day. That night, I grabbed whatever I could from the house and I th- that I thought I'd be able to sell, stuffed it into my backpack, and ran away. Josh looked at the rabbi with tears in his eyes. Rabbi, no one ever came looking for me. They carried on cashing the check, happy that they had one less mouth to feed. Now I was on the street and I was good at stealing. Steal watches, phones, whatever I could get my hands on. By now, I, you see me here, I've been in prison six times. I've seen the worst side of the world and the worst side of myself and I don't believe there's another side of me. The rabbi sat there quiet, listening to Josh's every word. Finally, after Josh had finished, the rabbi chimed in. Remember the last time you were in a jewelry store looking at a diamond necklace? Josh's face blushed. Yes, I do. Do you think it started out like that? Someone somewhere was down in a mine and saw a lump black as coal, covered in mud. What was it? It was a 10 carat diamond. But using your logic, what would you do? You'd step right past it, toss it in the garbage. All it took was for someone to pick it up, to realize it was wor- to realize what its worth was, and to spend a little bit of time polishing off all the suit, the muck, and the garbage. Then it took someone to cut a couple of painful facets into its side. If the diamond was a person, it would be for the person to cut something out of himself, do a little tshuva, say a few psalms, pray just a little, give a little charity. 
That's how diamonds shine. They take a piece off themselves. If you leave the diamond in its fullest amount, yes, there's more of it, but it's pointless in that shape and form. If you're willing to chisel away at yourself, Josh, you'll start to see that there's a diamond in you too. Josh was silenced. It was the first time someone was taking the time to talk to him about himself like this. This was someone who didn't need to be there. It wasn't his job and he wasn't making any money off of it. Two years later, Josh was no longer in prison and was hired to work at a halfway house. One day, Shelly, the head of the halfway house said to Josh, someone just called in and said they have a lot of furniture. An elderly woman passed away could you go to the house, Josh, and pick up the furniture and bring it back here? They want to donate it. Sure, Josh said. He jumped in a truck and drove to the apartment. But everything smelled like mold and mothballs. Shelly, Josh said over the phone, there's nothing here worth taking. Everything is broken. Just take it. They're going to feel bad that we didn't take anything. Take a few things and tell them we don't need the rest. Josh looked around. He found a few items that looked the least worn a small couch, an end table, and a rocking chair. As he hauled them from the apartment back into the, ha- to the truck and then to the halfway house, the couch tore open and the springs popped open. Josh worked to straighten it out until his eyes noticed a wrapped up cloth among the springs. He unfolded it and saw bills stacked with rubber bands. He counted it slowly quietly, making sure nobody else saw. His heart was racing $3,200. For Josh, this was a gold mine. No one knows, Josh thought to himself. The family just wanted to give it away. Nobody saw. There are no cameras here in the halfway house either. So Josh put it in his pocket, walked back in and said to Shelly, you know, there really was nothing there. It's a shame we even brought the stuff back. We're probably just gonna have to throw it out. It's true, Josh, Shelley said. But when we told them we were coming, we had to honor our word and do the right thing. Even if it's just gonna leave more work for us. Her words ripped right through Josh and the money began burning a hole in his pocket. He hadn't stole anything in two years. And he wasn't about to begin now. I found this in the couch. Josh finally got out of himself. What do you mean? There's $3,200 here. Shelly said it sounded. I know, Josh mumbled. It must be the old woman's money. We should return it to the inheritors. I can't believe it. I knew your whole life, Josh, all you did was steal. And you were here, you were with a chance and no one would have known about it. You've got to do the right thing. Even when it's not the easy thing, Josh repeated, mirroring Shelley's earlier words just a moment ago. Shelley called up the rabbi whom Josh was still in contact with. I just want to tell you what your student did today. The rabbi came to the halfway house, took one look at Josh, and gave him a big hug. 
I guess we finally polished our diamond. Both Josh and the rabbi smiled together. This was a young man who was thrown into prison for 27 months for stealing shampoo and t-shirts from Walmart. This was a young man who took every chance he had to swipe five-figure discounts. But a time came when someone saw the light in him, when someone chose to light him up. And in that moment, he unearthed the beauty that had always been Josh. That someone was Rabbi Dr. Abraham Tversky of blessed memory. And that man named Josh is somewhere in the world today leading a better life. He, as his diamond, was polished. It's all how you put it.